Volume One, Chapter Five of Autobiography of a Seaman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Timothy Ferguson. Cruise of the Speedy. The Speedy was little more than a burlesque on a vessel of war, even sixty years ago. She was about the size of an average coasting brig, her burden being a hundred and fifty-eight tons. She was crowded, rather than manned, with a crew of eighty-four men and six officers, myself included. Her armament consisted of fourteen four-pounders, a species of gun little larger than a blunderbuss, and formerly known in the service under the name of Minion, an appellation which it certainly merited. Being dissatisfied with her armament, I applied for and obtained a couple of twelve-pounders, intending them as bow and stern chasers, but was compelled to return them to the ordnance wharf, there not being room on deck to work them. Besides which, the timbers of the little craft were found on trial to be too weak to withstand the concussion of anything heavier than the guns with which she was previously armed. With her rig I was more fortunate. Having carried away her mainyard, it became necessary to apply for another to the senior officer, who, examining the list of spare spars, ordered the fought-up gallant yard of the Genereux to be handed out as a mainyard for the Speedy. The spar was accordingly sent on board and rigged, but even this appearing too large for the vessel, an order was issued to cut off the yard-arms, and thus reduce it to its proper dimensions. This order was neutralized by getting down and planing the yard-arms, as though they had been cut, an evasion which, with some alteration in the rigging, passed undetected on its being again swayed up, and thus a greater spread of canvas was secured. The fact of the foretop gallant yard of a second-rate ship being considered too large for the main yard of my man-of-war will give a tolerable idea of her insignificance. Despite her unformidable character, and the personal discomfort to which all on board were subjected, I was very proud of my little vessel, caring nothing for her want of accommodation, though in this respect her cabin merits passing notice. It had not so much room as for a chair the floor being entirely occupied by a small table surrounded with lockers, answering the double purpose of store-chests and seats. The difficulty was to get seated, the ceiling being only five feet high, so that the object could only be accomplished by rolling on the locker, a movement which sometimes attended with unpleasant failure. The most singular discomfort, however, was that my only practicable mode of shaving consisted in removing the skylight and putting my head through to make a toilet-table of the quarter-deck. In the following enumeration of the various cruisers in which the Speedy was engaged, the boarding and searching innumerable neutral vessels will be passed over, and the narrative will be strictly confined, as in most cases throughout this work, to log extracts where captures were made, or other occurrences took place, worthy of record. May 10 sailed from Cagliari, from which port we had been ordered to convoy fourteen sail of merchantmen to Leghorn. At nine a.m. observed a strange sail take possession of a Danish brig under our escort. At eleven thirty a.m. rescued the brig and captured the assailant. This prize, my first piece of luck, was the intrepid French privateer of six guns and forty-eight men. May fourteen saw five armed boats pulling towards us from Monte Cristo. Out sweeps to protect convoy. At 4 p.m., the boats boarded and took possession of the two sternmost ships. A light breeze springing up made all sail towards the captured vessels, 
ordering the remainder of the convoy to make the best of their way to Longana. The breeze freshening, we came up with and captured the vessels with the prize crews on board, but during the operation the armed boats escaped. May 21. At anchor in Leghorn Roads, convoy all safe. 25. Off Genoa, joined Lord Keith's squadron of five sail of the line, four frigates and a brig. 26, 27, 28. Ordered by his lordship to cruise in the offing to intercept supplies destined for the French army under Messina, then in possession of Genoa. 29. At Genoa, some of the gunboats bombarded the town for two hours. 30. All the gunboats bombarded the town. A partial bombardment had been going on for an hour a day during the past fortnight. Lord Keith humanely refraining from continued bombardment out of consideration for the inhabitants who were in a state of absolute famine. This was one of the crises of the war. The French, about a month previous, had defeated the Austrians with great slaughter in an attempt, on the part of the latter, to retake Genoa. But the Austrians, being in possession of Savona, were nevertheless able to intercept provisions on the land side, whilst the vigilance of Lord Keith rendered it impossible to obtain supplies by sea. It having come to Lord Keith's knowledge that the French in Genoa had consumed their last horses and dogs, whilst the Genoese themselves were perishing by famine, and on the eve of revolt against the usurping force, in order to save the carnage which would ensue, his lordship caused it to be intimated to Messina that a defence so heroic would command honourable terms of capitulation. Messina was said to have replied that if the word capitulation were mentioned, his army should perish with the city, but as he could no longer defend himself, he had no objection to treat. Lord Keith, therefore, proposed a treaty, viz. that the army might return to France, but that Messina himself must remain a prisoner in his hands. To this the French general demurred, but Lord Keith insisting, with the complimentary observation to Messina that he was worth 20,000 men, the latter reluctantly gave in, and on the 4th of June, 1800, a definite treaty to the above effect was agreed upon and ratified on the 5th, when the Austrians took possession of the city and Lord Keith of the harbour, the squadron anchoring within the mole. This affair being ended, his lordship ordered the Speedy to cruise off the Spanish coast, and on the 14th of June we parted company with the squadron. June 16, captured a tartan off Elba, sent her to Leghorn in the charge of an officer and four men. 22. Off Bastia, chased a French privateer with a prize in tow. The Frenchman abandoned the prize, a Sardinian vessel laden with oil and wool, and we took possession. Made all sail in chase of the privateer, but on our commencing to fire, she ran under the fort of Capria, where we did not think proper to pursue her. Took prize in tow, and on the following day left her at Leghorn, where we found Lord Nelson and several ships at anchor. 25 quitted Leghorn, and on the 26th were again off Bastia in chase of a ship which ran for that place and anchored under a fort three miles to the southward. Made at and brought her away. Proved to be the Spanish letter of marque Ascension of ten guns and 33 men, bound from Tunis to Barcelona. On taking possession, five gunboats left Bastia in chase of us, took the prize in tow, and kept up a running fight with the gunboats 
till after midnight when they left us twenty nine cast off the prize in chase of a french privateer off sardinia on commencing our fire she set all sail and ran off returned and took the prize in tow and on the fourth of july anchored with her in port man july nine off cape sebastian gave chase to two spanish ships standing along shore they anchored under the protection of the forts saw another vessel lying just within range of the forts out boats and cut her out the forts firing on the boats without inflicting damage july nineteen off capria several french privateers in sight chased and on the following morning captured one the constitution of one gun and nineteen men whilst we were securing the privateer a prize which she had taken made sail in the direction of gorgona and escaped twenty seven off planosa in chase of a privateer on the following morning saw three others lying in a small creek on making preparations to cut them out a military force made its appearance and commenced a heavy fire of musketry to which it would have answered no purpose to reply fired several broadsides at one of the privateers and sunk her thirty one off porto ferrario in chase of a french privateer with a prize in tow the frenchman abandoned his prize of which we took possession and whilst doing so the privateer got away august three anchored with our prizes in leghorn roads where we found lord keith in the minotaur lord keith received me very kindly and directed the speedy to run down the spanish coast pointing out the importance of harassing the enemy there as much as possible but cautioning me against engaging anything beyond our capacity during our stay at leghorn his lordship frequently invited me ashore to participate in the gaieties of the place having filled up with provisions and water we sailed on the sixteenth of august and on the twenty-first captured a french privateer bound from corsica to toulon shortly afterwards we fell in with h m s mutine and salamine which to suit their convenience gave into our charge a number of french prisoners with whom and our prize we consequently returned to leghorn on the fourteenth of september we again put to sea the interval being occupied by a thorough overhaul of the sloop on the twenty-second when off capria fell in with a neapolitan vessel having a french prize crew on board recaptured the vessel and took the crew prisoners on the fifth of october the speedy anchored in port man where information was received that the spaniards had several armed vessels on the lookout for us should we again appear on their coast i therefore applied to the authorities to exchange our four pounders for six pounders but the latter being too large for the speedy's ports we were again compelled to forgo the change as being impracticable october twelfth sailed from port man cruising for some time off cape sebastian villanova oppressa and barcelona occasionally visiting the enemy's coast for water of which the speedy carried only ten tons nothing material occurred till november the eighteenth when we narrowly escaped being swamped in a gale of wind the sea breaking over our quarter and clearing our decks spars etc otherwise inflicting such damage as to compel our return to port man where we were detained till the twelfth of december december fifteen off majorca several strange vessels being in sight singled out the largest and made sail in chase shortly after which a french bombard bore up hoisting the national colours we now cleared for action altering our course to meet her when she bore up between dragon island and the main commenced firing at the bombard which returned our fire but shortly afterwards getting closer in shore she drove on to the rocks 
three other vessels being in the passage we left her and captured one of them the la liza of ten guns and thirty-three men bound from alicant to marseilles took nineteen of our prisoners on board the speedy as it was evident that the bombard would become a wreck we paid no further attention to her but made all sail after the others december eighteen suspecting the passage between dragon island and the main to be a lurking place for privateers we ran in again and found nothing seeing a number of troops lining the beach we opened fire and dispersed them afterwards engaging a tower which fired upon us the prisoners we had taken proving an encumbrance we put them on shore december nineteen stood off and on the harbour of palamos where we saw several vessels at anchor hoisted danish colours and made the signal for a pilot our real character being evidently known none came off and we did not think it prudent to venture in it has been said that the speedy became the marked object of the spanish naval authorities not that there was much danger of being caught for they confined their search to the coast only and that in the daytime when we were usually away in the offing it being our practice to keep out of sight during the day and run in before dawn on the next morning on the twenty first however when off plain island we were very near catching a tartar seeing a large ship in shore having all the appearance of a well-laden merchantman we forthwith gave chase on nearing her she raised her ports which had been closed to deceive us the act discovering a heavy broadside a clear demonstration that we had fallen into the jaws of a formidable spanish frigate now crowded with men who had before remained concealed below that the frigate was in search of us there could be no doubt from the deception practised to have encountered her with our insignificant armament would have been exceedingly imprudent whilst escape was out of the question for she would have outsailed us and could have run us down by her mere weight there was therefore nothing left but to try the effect of a ruse prepared beforehand for such an emergency after receiving at man information that unusual measures were about to be taken by the spaniards for our capture i had the speedy painted in imitation of the danish brig Cluma, the appearance of this vessel being well known on the spanish coast we also shipped a danish quartermaster taking the further precaution of providing him with the uniform of an officer of that nation on discovering the real character of our neighbour the speedy hoisted danish colours and spoke her at first this failed to satisfy the spaniard who sent a boat to board us it was now time to bring the danish quartermaster into play in his officer's uniform and to add force to his explanations we ran the quarantine flag up to the fore calculating on the spanish horror of the plague then prevalent along the barbary coast on the boat coming within hail for the yellow flag effectually repressed the enemy's desire to board us our mock officer informed the spaniards that we were two days from algiers where at the time the plague was violently raging this was enough the boat returned to the frigate which wishing us a good voyage filled and made sail whilst we did the same i have noted this circumstance more minutely than it merits because it has been misrepresented by some of my officers blame was cast on me for not attacking the frigate after she had been put off her guard by our false colours as her hands being then employed at their ordinary avocations in the rigging and elsewhere presented a prominent mark for our shot there is no doubt but that we might have poured in a murderous fire before her crew could have recovered from their confusion and perhaps have taken her but feeling averse to so cruel a destruction of human life i chose to refrain from an attack which might not even with that advantage in our favour 
have been successful it has been stated by some naval writers that this frigate was the gamo which we subsequently captured to the best of my knowledge this is an error december twenty four off cartagena at daylight fell in with a convoy in charge of two spanish privateers which came up and fired at us but being to windward we ran for the convoy and singling out two captured the nearest laden with wine the other ran in shore under the fort of port gianisi where we left her twenty five stood for cape st martin in hope of intercepting the privateers at eight a m saw a privateer and one of the convoy under cape lanar made sail in close they parted company when on our singling out the nearest privateer she took refuge under a battery on which we left off pursuit thirty off cape oropesa seeing some vessels in shore out boats in chase at noon they returned pursued by two spanish gunboats which kept up a smart fire on them made sail to intercept the gunboats on which they ran in under the batteries january ten eighteen o one anchored in port man and having refitted sailed again on the twelfth sixteen off barcelona just before daylight to chase two vessels standing towards that port seeing themselves pursued they made for the battery at the entrance bore up and set steering sails in chase the wind falling calm one of the chase drifted in shore and took the ground under castel de ferro on commencing our fire the crew abandoned her and we sent boats with anchors and hawsers to warp her off in which they succeeded she proved to be the Genoese ship ns sonora de gratia of ten guns twenty two before daylight stood in again for barcelona saw several sail close in with the land out boats and boarded one which turned out a dane cruising off the port until three a m we saw two strange vessels coming from the westward made sail to cut them off at six p m one of them hoisted spanish colours and the other french at nine p m came up with them when after an engagement of half an hour both struck the spaniard was the eke homo of eight guns and nineteen men the frenchman la amity of one gun and thirty-one men took all the prisoners on board the speedy twenty-three still off barcelona having sent most of our crew to man the prizes the number of prisoners on board the speedy became dangerous we therefore put twenty-five of the frenchmen into one of their own launches and told them to make the best of their way to barcelona as the prizes were a good deal cut up about the rigging repaired their damages and made sail for port man where we arrived on the twenty fourth with our convoy in company twenty eighth quitted port man for malta not being able to procure in minorca various things of which we stood in need and on the first of february came to an anchor at valletta where we obtained anchors and sweeps an absurd affair took place during our short stay at malta which would not have been worthy of notice had it not been made the subject of comment the officers of a french royalist regiment then at malta patronized a fancy ball for which i amongst others purchased a ticket the dress chosen was that of a sailor in fact my costume was a tolerable imitation of that of my worthy friend jack lamour in one of his relaxing moods and personated in my estimation as honourable a character as were greek turkish or other kinds of oriental disguises in vogue at such reunions my costume was however too much to the life to please french royalist taste not even the mullen spike and lump of grease in the hat being omitted on entering the ballroom 
further passage was immediately barred with an intimation that my presence could not be permitted in such a dress good-humoured expostulating that as the choice of costume was left to the wearer my own taste which was decidedly nautical had selected that of a british seaman a character which though by no means imaginary was quite as picturesque as were the habiliments of an arcadian shepherd further insisting that as no rule had been infringed i must be permitted to exercise my discretion expostulation being of no avail a brusque answer was returned that such address was not admissible whereupon i as brusquely replied that having purchased my ticket and chosen my own costume in accordance with the regulations no one had any right to prevent me from sustaining the character assumed upon this a french officer who appeared to act as master of the ceremonies came up and without waiting for further explanation rudely seized me by the collar with the intention of putting me out in return for which insult he received a substantial mark of british indignation and at the same time an uncomplimentary remark in his own language in an instant all was uproar a french picket was called which in a short time overpowered and carried me off to the guard-house of the regiment i was however promptly freed from detention on announcing my name but the officer who had collared me demanded an apology for the portion of the focar concerning him personally this being of course refused a challenge was the consequence and on the following morning we met behind the ramparts and exchanged shots my ball passing through the poor fellow's thigh and dropping him my escape too was a narrow one his ball perforating my coat waistcoat and shirt and bruising my side seeing my adversary fall i stepped up to him imagining his wound to be serious and expressed a hope that he had not been hit in a vital part his reply uttered with all the politeness of his nation was that he was not materially hurt i was however not at ease for it was impossible not to regret this to him serious denouement of a trumpery affair though arising from his own intemperate conduct it was a lesson to me in future never to do anything in frolic which might give even unintentional offence on the third of february we sailed under orders for tripoli to make arrangements for fresh provisions for the fleet this being effected the speedy returned to malta and on the twentieth again left port in charge of a convoy for tunis twenty fourth at the entrance of tunis bay we gave chase to a strange sail which wore and stood in towards the town anchoring at about the distance of three miles suspecting some reason for this movement i dispatched an officer to examine her when the suspicion was confirmed by his ascertaining her to be the la belle caroline french brig of four guns bound for alexandria with field pieces ammunition and wine for the use of the french army in egypt our position was one of delicacy the vessel being in a neutral port where if we remained to watch her she might prolong our stay for an indefinite period or escape in the night whilst from the warlike nature of the cargo it was an object of national importance to effect her capture the latter appearing the most beneficial course under all circumstances we neared her so as to prevent escape and soon after midnight boarded her and having weighed her anchor brought her close to the speedy before she had an opportunity of holding any communication with the shore the following day was employed in examining her stores a portion of her ammunition being transferred to our magazine to replace some damaged by leakage her crew now on board the speedy as prisoners becoming clamorous at what they considered an illegal seizure and being moreover in our way an expedient was adopted to get rid of them by purposely leaving their own launch within reach during the following night with a caution to the watch not to prevent their desertion should they attempt it the hint was taken for before daylight on the twenty seventh they seized the boat 
and pulled out of the bay without molestation not venturing to go to tunis lest they should be retaken we thus got rid of the prisoners and at the same time of what might have turned out their reasonable complaint to the tunisian authorities for that we had exceeded the bounds of neutrality there could be no doubt on the twenty eighth we weighed anchor and proceeded to sea with our prize after cruising for some days off cape bon we made sail for calgary where we arrived on the eighth of march and put to sea on the eleventh with the prize in tow on the sixteenth anchored in port man on the eighteenth we again put to sea and towards evening observed a large frigate in chase of us as she did not answer the private signal it was evident that the stranger was one of our spanish friends on the lookout to cope with a vessel of her size and armament would have been folly so we made all sail away from her but she gave instant chase and evidently gained upon us to add to our embarrassment the speedy sprung her main-top gallant-yard and lost ground whilst fishing it at daylight the following morning the strange frigate was still in chase though by crowding all sail during the night we had gained a little upon her but during the day she again recovered her advantage the more so as the breeze freshening we were compelled to take in our royals whilst she was still carrying on with everything set after dark we lowered a tub overboard with a light in it and altering our course thus fortunately evaded her on the first of april we returned to port man and again put to sea on the sixth april eleven observing a vessel near the shoal of tortosa gave chase on the following morning her crew deserted her and we took possession in the evening anchored under the land thirteen saw three vessels at anchor in a bay to the westward of oropesa made sail up to them and anchored on the flank of a ten-gun fort whilst the firing was going on the boats were sent in to board and bring out the vessels which immediately weighed and got under the fort at five thirty p m the boats returned with one of them the other two being hauled close inshore we did not make any further attempt to capture them as the prize the ave maria of four guns was in ballast we took the sails and spars out of her and set her on fire on the following morning at daybreak several vessels appeared to the eastward made all sail to intercept them but before we could come up they succeeded in anchoring under a fort on standing towards them they turned out to be spanish gunboats which commenced firing at us at ten a m anchored within musket shot so as to keep an angle of the tower on our beam thus neutralizing its effect commenced firing broadsides alternately at the tower and the gunboats with visible advantage shortly before noon made preparations to cut out the gunboats but a fresh breeze setting in dead on shore rendered it impossible to get at them without placing ourselves in peril we thereupon worked out of the bay fifteen two strange sail in sight gave chase and in a couple of hours came up with and captured them made sail after a convoy in the offing but the wind falling light at dusk lost sight of them on the twenty sixth we anchored in man remaining a week to refit and procure fresh hands many having been sent away in prizes on the second of may put to sea with a reduced crew some of whom had been taken out of his majesty's prison we again ran along the spanish coast and on the fourth of may were off barcelona where the speedy captured a vessel which reported herself as ragusan though in reality a spanish four-gun tartan soon after detaining her we heard firing in the west-north-west and steering for that quarter fell in with a spanish privateer which we also captured the san carlos of seven guns on this a swarm of gunboats came out of barcelona seven of them giving chase to us and the prizes with which we made off shore the gunboats returning to barcelona on the following morning the prizes were sent to fort man 
and keeping out of sight for the rest of the day the speedy returned at midnight off barcelona where we found the gunboats on the watch but on our approach they ran inshore firing at us occasionally suspecting that the object was to decoy us within reach of some larger vessel we singled out one of them and made at her the others however supporting her so well that some of our rigging being shot away we made off shore to repair the gunboats following thus having got them at some distance and repaired damages we set all sail and again ran inshore in the hope of getting between them and the land so as to cut off some of their number perceiving our intention they all made for the porters before keeping up a smart fight in which our foretop gallant yard was so much injured that we had to shift it and were thus left astern the remainder of the day was employed in repairing damages and the gunboats not venturing out again at nine p m we again made off shore convinced that something more than ordinary had actuated the gunboats to decoy us just before daylight on the sixth we again ran in for barcelona when the trap manifested itself in the form of a large ship running under the land and bearing east-south-east on hauling towards her she changed her course in chase of us and was shortly made out to be a spanish zebec frigate as some of my officers had expressed dissatisfaction at not having been permitted to attack the frigate fallen in with on the twenty first of december after her suspicions had been lulled by our device of hoisting danish colours etc i told them they should now have a fair fight notwithstanding that by manning the two prizes sent to man our numbers had been reduced to fifty-four officers and boys included orders were then given to pipe all hands and prepare for action accordingly we made towards the frigate which was now coming down under steering sails at nine thirty a m she fired a gun and hoisted spanish colours which the speedy acknowledged by hoisting american colours our object being as we were now exposed to her full broadside to puzzle her till we got on the other tack when we ran up the english ensign and immediately afterwards encountered her broadside without damage shortly afterwards she gave us another broadside also without effect my orders were not to fire a gun till we were close to her when running under her lee we locked our yards against her rigging and in this position returned our broadside such as it was to have fired our pop-gun four-pounders at a distance would have been to throw away the ammunition but the guns being doubly and as i afterwards learned trebly shotted and being elevated they told admirably upon her main deck the first discharge as was subsequently ascertained killing the spanish captain and the boatswain my reason for locking our small craft into the enemy's rigging was the one upon which i mainly relied for victory viz that from the height of the frigate out of the water the whole of her shot must necessarily go over our heads whilst our guns being elevated would blow up her main deck the spaniards speedily found out the disadvantage under which they were fighting and gave the order to board the speedy but as this order was as distinctly heard by us as by them we avoided it at the moment of execution by shearing off sufficiently to prevent the movement giving them a volley of musketry and a broadside before they could recover themselves twice was this manoeuvre repeated and twice thus averted the spaniards finding that they were only punishing themselves gave up further attempts to board and stood to their guns which were cutting up our rigging from stem to stern but doing little further damage for after the lapse of an hour the loss to the speedy was only two men killed and four wounded this kind of combat however could not last our rigging being cut up and the speedy sails riddled with shot 
i told the men that they must either take the frigate or be themselves taken in which case the spaniards would give no quarter whilst a few minutes energetically employed on their part would decide the matter in their own favour the doctor mr guthrie who i am happy to say is still living to peruse this record of his gallantry volunteered to take the helm leaving him therefore for the time both commander and crew of the speedy the order was given to board and in a few seconds every man was on the enemy's deck a feat rendered the more easy as the doctor placed the speedy close alongside with admirable skill for a moment the spaniards seemed taken by surprise as though unwilling to believe that so small a crew would have the audacity to board them but soon recovering themselves they made a rush to the waist of the frigate where the fight was for some minutes gallantly carried on observing the enemy's colours still flying i directed one of our men immediately to haul them down when the spanish crew without pausing to consider by whose orders the colours had been struck and naturally believing it the act of one of their own officers gave in and we were in possession of the gamo frigate of thirty-two heavy guns and three hundred and nineteen men who an hour and a half before had looked upon us as certain if not easy prey our loss in boarding was lieutenant parker severely wounded in several places one seaman killed and three wounded which with those previously killed and wounded gave a total of three seamen killed and one officer and seventeen men wounded the gamo's loss was captain de torres the boatswain and thirteen seamen killed together with forty-one wounded her casualties thus exceeding the whole number of officers and crew on board the speedy some time after the surrender of the gamo when we were in quiet possession the officer who had succeeded the deceased captain don francisco de torres not in command but in rank applied to me for a certificate that he had done his duty during the action whereupon he received from me a certificate that he had conducted himself like a true spaniard with which document he appeared highly gratified and i had afterwards the satisfaction of learning that it had procured him further promotion in the spanish service shortly before boarding an incident occurred which by those who have never been placed in similar circumstances may be thought too absurd to notice knowing that the final struggle would be a desperate one and calculating on the superstitious wonder which forms an element in the spanish character a portion of our crew were ordered to blacken their faces and what with this and the excitement of combat more ferocious-looking objects could scarcely be imagined the fellows thus disguised were directed to board by the head and the effect produced was precisely that calculated on the greater portion of the spaniard's crew was prepared to repel boarders in that direction but stood for a few minutes as if it were transfixed to the deck by the apparition of so many diabolical-looking figures emerging from the white smoke of the bow-guns whilst our other men who boarded by the waist rushed on them from behind before they could recover from their surprise at the unexpected phenomenon in difficult or doubtful attacks by sea and the odds of fifty men to three hundred and twenty comes within this description no device can be too minute even if apparently absurd provided it have the effect of diverting the enemy's attention whilst you are concentrating your own in this and other successes against odds i have no hesitation in saying that success in no slight degree depended on out-of-the-way devices which the enemy not suspecting were in some measure thrown off their guard the subjoined tabular view of the respective force of the two vessels will best show the nature of the contest readers note there follows a table in two columns the column on the left is the gamo the column on the right the speedy 
the entries are main deck guns gamo twenty two long twelve pounders speedy fourteen four pounders quarter deck gamo eight long eight pounders and two twenty four pound carronades speedy none number of crew gamo three hundred and nineteen speedy fifty four broadside weight of shot gamo a hundred and ninety pounds speedy twenty eight pounds tonnage gamo six hundred and upwards speedy a hundred and fifty eight table ends it became a puzzle what to do with two hundred and sixty three unhurt prisoners now we had taken them the speedy having only forty two men left promptness was however necessary so driving the prisoners into the hold with guns pointing down the hatchway and leaving thirty of our men on board the prize which was placed under the command of my brother the honourable archibald cochrane then a midshipman we shaped our course to port man not gibraltar as has been recorded and arrived there in safety the barcelona gunboats those spectators of the action not venturing to rescue the frigate had they made the attempt we should have had some difficulty in evading them and securing the prize the prisoners manifesting every disposition to rescue themselves and only being deterred by their own main-deck guns loaded with canister and pointing down the hatchways whilst our men stood over them with lighted matches the subjoined is lord keith's letter in reply to my official announcement of our success for droyant off arab's tower ninth of june eighteen o one my lord i have received your lordship's letter of the thirteenth alt enclosing a copy of your letter to captain dixon detailing your engagement with and capture of the spanish zebec of thirty-two guns and cannot fail to be extremely gratified with the communication of an event so honourable to the naval service and so highly creditable to your lordship's professional reputation and to the intrepidity and discipline of the speedy's officers and men to all of whom i request your lordship will make my perfect satisfaction and approbation known i have the honour to be my lord your lordship's most obedient servant signed keith the right honourable lord cochrane speedy as a matter of course my report of the capture of the gamo was in the first instance made to the commandant of port man the commander-in-chief being in egypt it should have been forwarded by him to the secretary of the admiralty but was delayed for upwards of a month thus affording a pretence for not promoting me to the post rank according to the recognised rules of the service from information on the affair being thus delayed it was generally believed at home that the gamo had been taken by surprise instead of after a close engagement deliberately decided on and announced to the officers and crew of the speedy at five o'clock in the morning the hands being turned up for the purpose the consequence of the delay was a postponement of my post commission for upwards of three months viz from the sixth of may to the eighth of august and what was of more consequence a misunderstanding with lord st vincent which bore most unfavourably upon all my future prospects upon this subject much will have to be said in a subsequent chapter the subjoined is a copy of my official report to the senior officer commanding at port man and also of his remarkably concise comment thereon when tardily transmitting the same to the secretary of the admiralty copy of a letter from captain m dixon of h m s Genereux to e nepean esq secretary of the admiralty dated port man ninth of june eighteen hundred 
sir i have the pleasure to transmit a copy of lord cochrane's letter relative to the very spirited and brilliant action with a spanish zebec frigate i have the honour etc manly dixon e nepean esq his majesty's sloop speedy off barcelona sixth of may eighteen hundred sir i have the pleasure to inform you that the sloop i have the honour to command after a mutual chase and warm action has captured a spanish zebec frigate of thirty-two guns twenty-two long twelve-pounders eight nines and two heavy carronades viz the gamo commanded by don francisco de torres manned by three hundred and nineteen officers seamen and marines the great disparity of force rendered it necessary to adopt some measure that might prove decisive i resolved to board and with lieutenant parker the honourable a cochrane the boatswain and crew did so when by the impetuosity of the attack we forced them to strike i have to lament in boarding the loss of one man only the severe wounds received by lieutenant parker both from musketry and the sword one wound received by the boatswain and one seaman i must be permitted to say that there could not be greater regularity nor more cool determined conduct shown by men than by the crew of the speedy lieutenant parker whom i beg leave to recommend to their lordship's notice as well as the honourable mr cochrane deserve all the approbation that can be bestowed the exertions and good conduct of the boatswain carpenter and petty officers i acknowledge with pleasure as well as the skill and attention of mr guthrie the surgeon i have the honour to be etc cochrane m dixon esq speedy's force at commencement of action fifty-four officers men and boys fourteen four-pounders three killed and eight wounded gamo's force at commencement of action two hundred and seventy-four officers seamen and supernumeraries forty-five marines guns thirty-two don francisco de torres the boatswain and thirteen men killed forty-one wounded end of chapter five recording by timothy ferguson gold coast australia